And for now, oh my God, we've sorry. got football. <laughs> Boswell miss? Yeah. What a fucking loser. God damn. And we're off to a roaring start on the week one recap. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott. You. And Tom, who's getting his heart ripped out of his chest by the Boz right now. Come on, Boz. Extra points. You know, we were, we got to make sure that you guys. Could have. I could have took gold. So we want to make sure that you guys know when we're recording, and obviously we're recording this in the middle of the Giants-Steelers uh, <laughs> Monday night game. Uh, for reference, Juju just scored, and they missed the extra point, so it's 10-9 Giants. And we are off to a rousing start in week one. I got to say, yes. I was concerned, and I'm sure you guys were as well, about the quality of football potentially producing some subpar fantasy performances across the board. Not so. Yeah, it's some like really good performances. Some good numbers being thrown down for sure. There were some big performances. Absolutely, Tom. What was your biggest takeaway of the week so far? Um, biggest takeaway. It's hard to say. I would say that you know the rookies are league winners or league destroyers sometimes, and it remains to be seen what will happen. But it looks like Jonathan Taylor, which we'll get into, is uh, his stock is rising. Looks like Antonio Gibson stock is, you know, doing a bit of a dead man's float and uh, and so on down the line. Dobbins scores two touchdowns, right? So it's a it's a risky gambit over there in that four, five, six. It always round, is. And that's kind of where you can win a league too. All righty. Well, as always though, whether it's good play, whether you know, whatever happens, we've always been able to scour the NFL and find some losers. I look around at us, you know what I see? Losers. All right, so, Scott, it has been, God, I can't even, I can't even remember. Months since our last loser. Yeah. Start us off strong. Who's your loser of the week? Yeah, I'm starting, starting off with maybe my favorite player from last year, uh, Mark Ingram. I mean, it doesn't get much worse if you're a Mark Ingram owner to go through what you just went through. They ripped off 38 points. The offense is moving the ball like crazy. The only inefficient player in the entire offense yesterday was Mark Ingram. He goes 10 carries for 29 touchdownless yards, and he does not catch a single pass. I mean, this is the type of game last year where Mark Ingram was scoring two touchdowns, and you were winning because you had him. And, and where he was going in your fifth, sixth, seventh round, you were playing him this week thinking, all right, oh, yeah. this is going to be a blowout, and he's going to give me a touchdown or two. Guess what? His touchdown upside is evaporated with the uh, with the presence of J.K. Dobbins, who we spoke about earlier. He is a monstrous loser. I would be terrified if I own him going forward because, like I said, this is the game. You think it's evaporated? I mean, dude, Dobbins just got two goal line touchdowns, and you already have. And you, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, ten. And you already have though. Lamar Jackson, who's going to steal goal line carries. Well, you Mark, mentioned Mark he, Andrews dominated the goal line. You mentioned. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews scored from like the four and the yeah. seven. Literally. So, I mean, it seems like the Ravens are going to live in the red zone if Ingram is able to carve out a role. Scott, you mentioned no catches for Mark Ingram. I do want to point out no catches for Dobbins or any other Ravens running back either in this game where they absolutely trounce okay, maybe that the was Browns. Maybe game plan and it's not Who too knows? big a deal, but, you know, I think this is a, a cause for concern. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you got a great one. Another guy we loved all last year as well for your loser of the week. Yeah, and that's Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas, you have a game on uh, Sunday Night Football. Or it wasn't Sunday Night Football, but Michael Thomas, you got a really important game. Somebody tell him, right? Um, He didn't have more than three points, I'm almost positive, until the fourth quarter when he got a meaningless catch. And I doubt that that three points from two points made a huge difference for you. Um, You're watching the game. You're waiting for your first-round pick to show up. And he's one of the only true first-round pick guys that really did yeah. not show up for you. So um, it was probably tough sledding. Uh, if you were a Michael Thomas owner, I think things will get better. Looks like he is dealing with an ankle injury, which the funny thing was, was not even the true cause of no. all of this. And 
Saquon about to break one, but um, <laughs> uh, they, have a night game for, they have a Monday night football game for week two. So the 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 thinking is that he Michael Thomas is very fine. He should get an extra ankle, so, which is worse. Oh, definitely that. high ankle could be could should be a couple weeks, but I guess with with rehab and like you said, an extra day, maybe he could get through it on a, in a limited fashion next week. But I like that you brought up the injury because yeah, you know this is a guy where. If you were going receiver first this year, it kind of feels like you drafted him as an anchor. You know, maybe yeah. you got lucky and got Josh Jacobs in the second round who looked incredible or one of these other guys who played really well. But if not, you're looking at down Michael Thomas and potentially, you know, in some trouble. In some trouble for sure. Uh, I like the extra day. And I also like the fact that, you know, you can probably go get Traquan Smith if you want to use him as your Michael Thomas, it seems like all indications from the Michael Thomas camp are that he's going to push through this and play. We'll see, obviously, because at the end of the day, it's the Saints who are making that call. Early to deal with a high ankle yeah. injury, too. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried because it is high ankle, and we see that that takes a little bit more time. And there was a report that he wasn't letting the trainers look at him. So it, it could be said that maybe he's just acting a little like machismo with some bravado. Like Michael Thomas acting outside. like that? No way. And then, the Saints, <laughs> and then the Saints go, hey, man, we just – there's no way we're letting you risk destroying your ankle yeah, to play. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So uh, they're, they're, they're fresh off a division win, a huge one. Um, if they need to coast next week a little bit, I think they might want to do so. And they're going against a Las Vegas Raiders defense who got walked all up and down the field by the Panthers. This is a game that if you could if you could argue, you could probably get away with not playing Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara picks up the slack. We'll get to you get Taysom Hill Thursday. more and more and more and more involved. My loser, of course, uh, is the transitive property. You guys remember this from school? If one thing is something and something else yeah. is that thing, then they're equal. Well, guess what? It turns out that Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham are linked in the transitive property. Because if Baker Mayfield looks like shit, Odell Beckham looks like shit. And this is, I mean, Odell Beckham is only going to play as well as Baker Mayfield this week or this year, it seems. And here we go again. You only had all offseason to fix this. And now we're having accuracy issues with Baker Mayfield. Odell sees 10 targets. Not a high percentage of them catchable. He catches three passes for 22 yards. Baker throws a touchdown to Njoku, infuriating Austin Hooper owners. I read some reports, too, that, like, Odell was, like, living wide open. And yeah, of course he was. Baker just couldn't get him the ball. And it's starting to, you know, it could, you know how easily it could, could turn for Odell. Oh, yeah. Next thing you know, he's complaining about this, that, or the other thing. Yep. And maybe we're looking and at just, a new uniform. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, you know, they play a tough Ravens defense who didn't have a lot of turnover, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, outside of the Earl Thomas debacle, which we didn't even get the chance to cover. But, I mean, this is loser behavior. This is loser behavior out of out of Odell, out of Baker. And now, you know, we're left picking up the pieces. And yeah. as we do every week, we are here to help you pick up the pieces after what will hopefully be a not-too-disappointing week one with our waiver wire heroes. And we try to start this off with the number one waiver wire ad this week. And it was pretty – I well, like, it, it was unanimous. It wasn't pretty unanimous. It it's either Brown. unanimous or it's Malcolm not. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, speaking of the Browns, we've got Malcolm Brown. Cam Akers gets the start in ceremony alone for Los Angeles last night. Malcolm Brown gets all of the goal line work, all of the dirty work, and gets two touchdowns. I believe one was through the air, or were they both on the ground? No, I think both on the ground, but he's still 18 carries. Correct, both on the ground. Four targets, three targets. Yeah, they were both on the ground, and that's coming from a guy who started Jared Goff. Um, They went to him in every important situation, and Don, you're right. It was very ceremony only for Cam Akers. Malcolm Brown looked awesome. He looked like a guy who's been in the offense for six years, and go figure, you know, he pretty much has if he hasn't been there the whole time. So he, it's his sixth year in the league. He's playing like a veteran. And it's no shock that he looks better than two guys basically making their NFL debut with Henderson also. Yeah, I mean, up. and he was banged up too and, and didn't play too much. But you get the impression, in, in my opinion, you know, like the, the Rams seem like a team that could hang in there and win games. So, you know, are they going to try to fix what isn't broken with Malcolm Brown? I think he, he becomes the priority ad because – they probably won't. You know, they'll probably yeah. ride this out. This is an incredible performance. And, uh, you know, that this is a 21-touch performance that you're getting off the waiver. So, 
you know, if you if you're in Fab, I, I wouldn't blame you for paying up pretty big. No, yeah, break the bank on week one where you can get a running back like that. It's worth it, and for what it's worth, um, when Malcolm Brown was able to kind of like test the free agency waters, uh, the Rams matched the offer as they had the right to do or whatever, and they paid him on the spot. So it goes to show that he's no joke. Absolutely. Now hot on his tails. Another guy who you guys know the rule by now, two tuds gets you on the dock, but with Malcolm Brown and with our next guy, Naheem Hines out of the Colts, it's a little bit more yeah, because sure. Remind you, we remind you that Phillip Rivers has checked out of the running backs more often than what feels like any quarterback ever. I think it is. It's gotta be. And Naheem Hines goes, I mean, he got eight targets in this game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got six targets in this game as well. Uh, but Naeem Hines gives you seven carries in this game as well and two touchdowns, one on the ground and one through the air. Uh, he was used in the red zone with Marlon Mack in the fold and without Marlon Mack. As you find out now, Marlon Mack is done. Yeah, he will season. not be in the fold any longer. Exactly. So, And once he left, it was a true split. It was, I think he played 20 snaps and Taylor played 21. So if they're going to keep handling it like that, Naeem Hines is a, is another monster ad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do have some numbers on that. Uh, not snap count, but carries and targets. So it, it's positive for Jonathan Taylor, but also you have to keep in mind that the uh, the game, the, I think the Colts had the lead at that time, but let's just go into the stat. After Marlon Mack leaves in the second quarter, Jonathan Taylor, 10 carries, 6 targets. Naheem Hines, three carries, seven targets. I don't think that's uh, a super negative yeah. on Naheem. I think he's a really great waiver wire ad as well, especially in your PPR leagues. I mean, you can really get away with, I think, with Phil. I mean, it's Phil. Yeah. Gonna if PPR down. is involved in your league, I think Naheem Hines is a great ad. Yes. And we'll move on to – we got a lot of names. A lot of names, some guys on the radar, some guys, you know, whatever. What is dead may never die. Adrian Peterson – one week off of being released by the Washington football team. He gets signed to Detroit. You can see the confidence they have and will continue to have with their young running backs because AP goes for 114 total yards, does not score. The Lions, the offense didn't do much of that anyway. No. This was a great game for AP and an eye-opening one for anybody who invested in DeAndre Swift or, or carry on Johnson. Johnson. No kidding. Like, how about no. Yeah, this is what we thought. How about having no faith in Carry On Johnson to the point where you let AP walk off the street essentially and onto your team? Of course, AP was staying fresh with another organization, getting reps and stuff like that. But I cannot believe he walked into this big of a workload week one. And guess what? Uh, Carry On does nothing with his touches. He had seven carries for 14 yards, and DeAndre Swift dropped the game-winning touchdown. So he dropped another one too. So week two, what do you think is going to happen? I think AP is getting more touches, which is unbelievable to say, but here we are in the year 2020 and AP lives on. I'm hesitant to say that, but I'm also like fully prepared to be wrong in saying that. Like it's, it's, this is what AP has done for the, I mean, the latter part of his career. If he was out there, you think he catches it? I think he probably snags that ball. <laughs> He's never been known for his hands. It's AP, baby. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's never been known to blow the game. He's not a game blower. You know? Another running back who's seeming like the guy going forward. Let's talk about James Robinson in Jacksonville. Jacksonville gets the upset win, the survivor pool busting win over the Colts. Oh, Dare we say it. Many of them. Uh, but James Robinson, a big part of that. A lot of touches. As we expected, Devina Zigbo on IR. Reichel yeah. Armstead still on the COVID list. This is his backfield. No reps for Chris Thompson, really. Either. Two catches for six yards. That's it. Didn't carry the ball. This is no rushing attempts for a running back not named this, this James, is Robinson. James Robinson. Show. Yeah. That's why I think that if you were going to prioritize, like how would you guys prioritize Brown, Robinson, and Hines? I could understand if you would go for Robinson ahead of Hines because of seemingly him being the guy. I feel like Robinson was probably the highest percentage rostered out of the three of them. Right. But now, after seeing a week of, of stuff, because, like, you know, we, we get no preseason with this stuff, it's tough not to go Brown seeing the types of touches that he got. No kidding, right? So I, that's my guy. I mean, that's why I said he was our unanimous number one. Robinson. 
Yeah, I mean, if it was standard, I would definitely go with Robinson yeah. over yeah. Hines. I think it just comes yeah. down to the format. PPR, flip a coin, full like, point PPR, Hines. I think. Yeah. But don't hold me. I think. Yeah, and I'm, I was going to say we should have uh, pivoted into – we could have pivoted old man to old man. I, I see that he's on the dock. I don't mean to jump, make us jump around, but I thought the transition might go Why A.B. Not? to Frank Gore. What is dead man uh, ever die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does have a tough matchup next week. This is a little bit for the preview. It's a tough matchup next week. They play San Francisco. Or actually, do they play Arizona? My bad. The Jets? I think they play San Francisco. And uh, if nice. the Jets. And if it is San Francisco, then that's a nice revenge game. So, you know, you can get Frank yeah, Gore. Yeah, good luck trying to get any yards per carry in that one. But Adam Gase loves Frank Gore. Uh, LaMichael Piron, I believe, is hurt as well. So, you know, even. It, you know, if Le'Veon doesn't go, there's They're going to kick left. the tires on Bilal Powell again? That's say, Bilal Powell's still hanging around. We might need him. But, uh, you know, he becomes that, like, absolute desperation. There's no one else left, and he's going to start. So he'll get touches. But Like, time like if you're in a 17-team league and, like, you drafted Miles Sanders. Yeah, sure. My hand is directly up in the air for those of you who can't see what's going on in this podcast. Uh, but I love – I mean, this is why, like, all my deep leagues, I was like, I'm stashing Frank Gore. For this exact reason. It's not going to do you that great. Of course it's not, but he's going to have a role. I need something. <laughs> Congratulations. You just yeah. got seven points a week. Yeah. How about another uh, another rut special? Another two-tud gets you on the dock guy, Peyton Barber. Yuck. Is this the worst two-touchdown line of all time? He had 17 carries yes. for 29 yards. As a single tear drops from Jerome Bettis's eyes. It is absolutely disgusting. Honestly, Scott, I did want to talk about this because, you know, I'm a Gibson guy and I, I still remain a Gibson guy. I don't think Peyton Barber becomes a huge priority ad unless you actually have Gibson uh, just to, like, solidify sure. a backfield. But – Gibson, not to hijack uh, Peyton Barber's moment here, Gibson averaged four yards a carry and caught every ball that got thrown to him. Peyton Barber just made good right. on two goal line attempts. I think over the long uh, span of this season, you'll see the the hands. Uh, this is not stuff. this is not the end of Antonio Gibson. This is only the beginning. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, people in in your leagues out there actually drop him because they saw yeah. what happened with Peyton Barber. And maybe you can add Gibson because I do agree with you, Tom. I think it'll be more of a long haul because just Gibson's profile yep. is that of a running back slash receiver. So in order for him to be for the for the Washington football team to be comfortable giving him, you know, 15 carries or 17 carries like they did for Peyton Barber, I think it's going to take a little more time. I might have had a stat on Gibson. Just... Yeah, I think what it is though is like maybe I don't want to say Peyton Barber. I don't want to minimize him to like you know, LeGarrette Blunt goal line right. only or anything like that. But where you drafted Gibson, what you expect out of him and what you can get out of him is, you know, receptions and a, a ton of work between the 20s. And if he breaks long ones, like he's almost like a Philip Lindsay yep. style yeah. runner. So like you see how that can be relevant. You see how that can be irrelevant. And if Antonio Gibson is sort of undeniable, like Philip Lindsay was in his rookie year, if we can get that out of Antonio Gibson – then we're in a lot better shape as Antonio right. Gibson owners. And I, I actually think that that's more likely than Peyton Barber becoming a weekly yep. starter in any format. All right, we move on. Miles Gaskin, a guy that was kind of getting stashed in a lot of my deeper leagues during draft season, and now he gets nine carries and four catches, 13 touches in an offense that's going to be down a lot, going to be in catch-up mode a lot. So here's the interesting He's, thing. Jordan Howard goes down with a hamstring injury in this game. And Matt Breida isn't the guy. They go to Miles Gaskin. And Miles Gaskin not only has a pretty good day through on the ground, he catches all four of his targets. So I think that for the people that have Matt Breida, you're terrified at this point. Yep. You know, if you were banking on him being the guy, well, here was his chance week one, and they didn't give it to him. Uh, if you're if you're a Jordan Howard owner, you have to be terrified because he literally averaged less than one yard per carry. And, and you want to talk about a Jerome Bettis line, there's one for you. And now you're looking at Miles Gaskin as, you know, by far the best option. So if, if Howard can't go, it seems like Gaskin's going to be the starter. It's another desperation option, but I wouldn't mind Howard. Yeah, I do have to – I got to jump in, and it's not your fault here, Scotty. There was a backwards report on that. So Jordan Howard really? is actually fine. 
the, the report was meant to go on Devon. No way. <laughs> yeah. They had to – they redact – they like redacted it. So they just gave up on Jordan so Howard. Apparently – <laughs> yeah, they just yeah, they just which is, it's fine too. Then, <laughs> it seems worse for Jordan yeah. Howard than Matt Breida now. Yeah. That's even worse than uh, if you thought he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, but it might be that he was hurt, but they they yeah. corrected themselves right. and said he's not. So I don't know exactly. You know, that's just what happened. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah. actually, happened. we get uh, to continue with running backs. A lot of running backs. This one as it always is with week one. Joshua Kelly from the Los Angeles Chargers, 12 for 61 and a touchdown. We saw that the Chargers are not targeting their pass game as much as they used to, even despite the fact that they have an elite pass-catching running back in Austin Eckler. I think that's going to change. It seems like it needs to because they absolutely should have lost to the to the Bengals yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. This was- Josh Kelly looks really strong yeah. in his carries, though. He got, uh, he got some goal line work as well. So, if you were holding on to Justin Jackson, it's time to flip the two of them. You know, add Joshua Kelly instead. Again, not a super high priority guy, I wouldn't think, because Eckler at the end of the day got 19 carries in this game. So I do think that they're still going to try and feature. Him. Yeah. Yep. Eckler is obviously the guy. I totally agree. Thanks for pointing out the the majority carries there, Scotty, because it's so true. People are kind of like down on Eckler for no reason. But um, obviously Kelly turns in a really cool one. So yeah, figure out how to get Eckler in the pass game. Obviously, Tyrod was just—I'm sorry, Tyrod was just absolute garbage. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like uh, Justin Jackson himself did two years ago down the stretch uh, when they lost Melvin Gordon, and he got involved a lot. And he was scoring some touchdowns. So we'll see if they like continue that. But I think Austin Eckler is still a set starter. Jarek McKinnon. Getting way out snapping uh, Tevin Coleman. Now he has a condition that may not have mixed well with the air quality uh, at the ga- at the game. I believe they played in San Francisco where the wildfires are going on. Thoughts out to everybody affected by those, obviously. Uh, but Jared McKinnon, a great comeback story. He gets six touches. He scores. Seemed to be very well utilized out of the backfield, kind of taking on that Matt Breeder role. Yeah, and. Listen, I'm happy you brought up. I claimed him. Thing though, I claimed him in a league because I think I'm very interested to see how they can, if they continue to use him in that way. He could be a really good bye week filling guy down the stretch. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he only got he only gets eight touches in this game, so you'd like to see a little bit more. And Raheem Mostert just absolutely dominated. Raheem Mostert had three touches in the second half of that game. Yeah, well, I guess probably why they lost. Yeah, which is definitely why they lost actually, but. Yeah, and one of them was a reception, and Raheem Mostert is good out of the backfield. I think they just need to come to yeah. terms with that on their own and say, let's throw this guy the ball some more. Um, I think to the point that both of you made, Tevin Coleman probably would have been a lot more involved. But it was interesting because McKinnon was kind of lining True. up in the slot. There were some uh, packages they did where there was a running back, and it was like Coleman and Bre- – uh, not Breida, sorry. Coleman and McKinnon in the game, and with their – complete and utter woes at the yeah. wide receiver position. I think the only way that McKinnon actually sees fantasy value as much as I would like him to is if they really start playing. Him yeah, I think slot. you're right. But they could have, like you said, it could happen with all the injuries, especially even with uh, George Kittle hobbling through this game too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It would actually be awesome. No if that happened by the way, if they like committed to playing. Him all right, way. we move on finally getting into some receivers and one of the flashy first round rookies that we got in the draft this year, CD lamb, six targets in his Cowboys debut. And Scott, we watched the first half of this game together. And I said, every time this dude gets the ball in his hands, I feel like he's about to do something special. Yeah. I, something about that number 88 in Dallas. I don't know, man. I agree with you. He looked electric. And I think that's the word I'm using to describe him. A nice 33 yard catch over the middle. He's got the whole route tree. He saw like an even target share to Gallup. This team's going to throw the ball a lot, as you saw last night. And like you said, he looks dangerous when he gets the ball in his hands. If he's out there on the waiver, which he probably isn't, there's a chance that he is. If he is and you are looking for some receiver depth, I think he's a really good ad. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a really good ad, and he's a different player than Randall Cobb, but you just think about how like Randall Cobb actually amassed a lot of receiving yards and yeah. targets and all that. And in that offense, there was just way more passing yards than you generally give it credit for at a glance. So there's room for a third receiver, and he may usurp like some of the value or suck some of the value, not necessarily usurp, 
from uh, Amari. For sure. Good point. We move on now. Uh, the next candidate in the I'm no longer coached by Adam Gase and all of a sudden I look like a stud series is Robbie Anderson. Eight targets uh, turned into six catches for 115 yards and one very long touchdown. Scott, your note says the man can always hit a big one. Always. And like, and another note says is, is he will have more games like this. I'm fully confident in that. Robbie's and why is that? a great receiver. He's always been a solid receiver. He can hit the deep ball. He can run the tough routes. And I think the most interesting thing here, he sees eight targets. DJ Moore sees nine. So this is, you know, a potentially 1A, 1B situation, which is why I was a little scared to draft DJ Moore this year. I thought he was going a little too high of a price because of guys like Robbie Anderson who are capable. And you're starting with a new quarterback. You're not sure of the rapport. And all of a sudden, you might be able to snag Robbie Anderson off the waiver wire in the same role that he had on the Jets offense, yep. just maybe with a little better quarterback situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a little depressed if you remember the dynasty trade that I made the league we're all in. Uh, I get Odell, I trade Robbie in a pick or something like that. Uh, or picks were in, involved, I yeah. forget what they were. But the consensus was, you know, I got Odell and I win the trade, but egg on it's my face one now. Week one. Sucks. Yeah, not, not week awesome. one, Tom. Maybe you'll get him week two. Well, a guy who always seems to be Always seems to get him week one. Sammy Watkins, nine targets turned into seven catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. He adds a three yard carry for 85. Nice round. One preview. We have to get together the all week one team. And Sammy Watkins will be in one of the starting receivers or flex positions on that team. This is two hammer weeks in a row. (laughs) And, you know, I think what's nice to see is, you know, their whole receiving core was healthy and, and, he played over McCall Harmon for sure. Way he over. Targeted over Tyree Kill for sure. So there's clearly when he plays in this offense, he's a viable option. And it's really hard to sit a yeah. viable option in the Chiefs offense. And, and a, th- a thing to think about, and I don't know if every team's going to do this, but you could just tell that the Texans were like, we don't care if you get eight yards a pass. Yeah. We will not get beat deep. We're sending both of our safeties as far back. Tyree Kill will not beat us deep. Tyree Kill basically relegated to decoy status in the first half of that yeah. game. They get him involved. He ends up scoring a touchdown on a nice crossing round at the end of the second half. But, man, to see Sammy Watkins out there hogging up targets from Demarcus Robinson, who still has the dropsies from last year, and yeah. Nicole Hardman, who's, I guess, still behind Demarcus Robinson for some reason. Yeah. Um, you can imagine how bad his hands are. But, uh, you know, an interesting divvy of the targets for the Chiefs week one for sure. And I think it changes with Kelsey and Hill as a conference, but there's so much to go yeah. around. Yeah, exactly. I won't go too long on this, but um, I don't – I like Sammy Watkins. I always fall for him, but at this point, I'm not convinced. I mean, this was nearly Demarcus Robinson on the sheet with two touchdowns. It. I just think, you know, if it was one, we wouldn't be going so crazy. I mean, I'm sure he got his targets and all that, but I think it's really just a factor of Patrick Mahomes spreading the ball around. I don't think it's really Not something you can count on. I agree with you. But if you're ever in a bind, he's like a kind of guy, especially if you're third at receiver, you can just put Sammy Watkins out there against anybody. He's a lottery ticket guy. Plays on the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, that's a a spot start lottery guy. I will give him that (laughs) every time. All right. We move on. Another guy who's, you know, you can do a lot worse than this guy if you need a wide receiver, too, or a flex guy. Alan Lazard, this is Scott, a guy that you fell in love with. He gets four targets, catches them all for 63 yards. We give Devontae Adams the man catch Monday for this week. Follow us on IG at RutzFF. But it was Alan Lazard who caught what I thought was the best throw of the day from Aaron Rodgers on his beautiful touchdown to Lazard. Lazard also adds a 19-yard run, which was awesome to see. That's what's interesting about Lazard. So last year he was, like, playing in the slot at times, playing outside at times. Uh, And now you see him getting, you know, he's getting a carry. He's getting a deep shot in this game. He's getting a red zone target. He's a six foot five wide receiver who's getting carries, red zone targets, deep shots, uh, slot targets from Aaron Rodgers. You want to talk about a route tree? From Aaron Rodgers, you know, and you start to piece that together. He only got four targets in a carry. Well, he gave you the full repertoire of this game of what he got it all. And, you know, unfortunately for his stock, MVS catches a long touchdown in this game and, you know, kind of makes it seem like those targets will still be diluted. But I do think over the course of the season, he's the better bet. And Scott, you started. I had to start him in the league, yes. 
and so you deserve a pat on the back from me right thank now. You, thank, so you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. All right, Scott, another guy that you fell in love with towards the end of last year, Anthony Miller catches a really nice touchdown. Well, the game-winning touchdown, as yeah, a matter of he fact. Was in, he was in man-catch contention. Oh, absolutely. This was just too manly. And, you know, we like to get a, a nice standby stud to start off the year. Of course, start off strong. Uh, I think Anthony Miller is going to be a guy you can stand by. Yep. And one of the, the stat that really sold me on him was his pace throughout the second half of last year was 81 catches for like 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. So, and he stayed right on that this week. And he's staying right on that this week, Donnie. So he's getting – he got six targets. And, you know, these guys, unfortunately, you're not going to get a lot of targets from these guys that we're bringing up because they're unowned, you know. <laughs> but uh, They weren't drafted. If there's anyone who has a propensity to kind of boost that up out of this group, I think it's Anthony Miller. Yeah. Like, so, like a lot of these receivers we're going to bring up hit their ceiling this week. I don't even think Anthony Miller hit his ceiling this week. Interesting. No, he didn't. Well, he Mitch really Trubisky didn't. certainly didn't, and I feel like that's kind of tied to what Anthony Miller is capable of doing, sure. so we'll see. But a guy who uh, – I think Mitch Watch. Mitch Watch. Oh, yeah. you putting us on Mitchell Watch? I don't know, man. He's all <laughs> Three right. touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, but anyway, we move Mitch on watch. to a guy who definitely uh, is probably looking like a number one option. May still be out there. May have also been drafted. Uh, Tom. Tell me a little bit about what you saw from Jamison Crowder yesterday. I definitely saw him break off, and I think, you know, I could be wrong, but I think the number was uh, 69 yeah. yarder, and nice. uh, he looked good doing it. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. It was, and I'm it sure was nice. nice. That's what I really should have said. Um, he made them look silly, and you know what? That's like not his MO. He's going to be a target guy, a target hog. And I've said this before, if Adam Gase did one thing right, it was throw the ball to Landry yeah. a lot of times. This is his Landry in this offense. And if you get the ball enough times, you're going to get opportunities like that where you can shake one out. And you know what? He did that versus the Bills, which yep, is yeah. defense. So, you know, you got to give him some credit where credit is due. I This is a guy, you guys saw me nabbing up in like the 13th round yeah. of like every draft. And uh, I think in your PPR leagues – you can yeah, do oh, yeah. like if you run into some injuries if you if Michael Thomas doesn't go next week you know like the Jets versus uh I think we said it's the 49ers so maybe not the best option but if he can get he sustained targets then there really is not <laughs> bad well that's what I'm saying that it, then there really yeah. is no bad matchup and uh this bad matchup against the Bills goes to prove that he runs five yard out routes <laughs> what matchup can we say he's gonna get targeted on at least 10 five yard passes <laughs> he's matchup yeah and I mean he's a guy because of that role because of that slot receiver style with low average depth of target he is uh avoiding oh, there you go. damn right yeah. All right, another guy who used to be a number one. Now we've got some murky situation in Buffalo with the Diggs, John Brown. Diggs gets his targets. John Brown gets a touchdown, though, yes. from Josh Allen. Yeah, and uh, I think the main takeaway here, though, is the the Bills won this game easily. Like, it, it was a no contest. They had 46 pass attempts. Granted, they ran a ton of plays because they played the Jets. They still threw the ball a ton. And if they're going to throw the ball that much – John Brown becomes very viable. Oh, if, you, yeah. if him and Diggs are both going to get 10 targets a pop, then you're looking at something really serious here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe this is the most passing yards by a Bills quarterback since 2016. And I'm not kidding. So I think right. that, um, it, it's <laughs> maybe. I, I think when I saw that, it didn't specify. But um, that kind of makes me pump the brakes on is this the new offense or is the Jets that bad? <laughs> the Jets, look the Jets are really bad. bad. The Jets are bad. So there's no doubt. Bad, yeah. The Jets are bad. Sorry. Confirmed guys. bad. Well, guess what? Falcons defense confirmed still bad. Also, and because of that, their <laughs> offense throws a lot. Matt Ryan over 400 yards. Ho-hum. The guy we're talking about right now, though, Russell Gage. One of my favorite stats to go back to when I was drafting in deeper leagues, Russell Gage has averaged eight targets and 75 yards since he became the third wide receiver in the Muhammad Sanu trade that sent him 
to New England from Atlanta. Twelve targets, man. Twelve targets, and it was spread pretty evenly in terms of the target share for the Falcons. Ridley gets a touchdown. Julio goes nine for one fifty-seven. Two touchdowns. Ridley had two touchdowns. I apologize, Scott. Yeah, and uh, Julio did look great, but Russell Gage here. I mean, you know, if he's gonna if he's gonna play this much, and the Falcons are gonna throw the ball fifty times, I think they might. Then Russell Gage is pretty damn viable. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the advice season long on Russell Gage right now. Every time we call the Falcons game a shootout, which happens a lot. I think we did. uh, I think we did on the episode. No, yeah. A hundred percent. And they they are the games always that I always say, oh, this is a total track meet, you know? And it's because of receivers like that, just like Russell Gage. You're talking he's in the Sanu role. He's in the Taylor Gabriel role. He's in the whoever the hell it was role, and it's yeah. yeah. Games. So when we play the shootout, oh, that's right. <laughs> Still working our way through the receivers worth checking out on the waiver wire heroes. We go now to Mike Williams, nine targets from Tyrod Taylor. Scott, we we watched this game at least a little bit of the parts that were interesting on red zone. Yes, Mike Williams made a couple really difficult catches in tight coverage. He's such a good receiver, and that's the kind of stuff that gets your new quarterback to trust you. Yeah, and I think that. There's no way he's available, um, right? No. We were looking at percentages, and it was like, you know, on the borderline, so I figured we'd throw him on there. Uh, there's a chance that he got dropped because a lot of people thought he was injured and still think that he is injured, I believe, too. So oh, I think that, that was true. worth putting him on there. And It was a know, surprise that he was active. He saw an equal target share. Holy crap. He's available yeah, in some of my leagues. I'm putting that's that big why claim we in make the doc, buddy. It's not just for them; it's for us too. Wow, this podcast just helped me out. I love this <laughs> listening to you guys. Thanks, nice to big, time, big time fan, long time caller, first time listener. <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. But um, yeah, so which who were we talking about? Mike Williams, who yeah. is 45 percent rostered on Yahoo leagues. Yeah, so I, I think it's you know if you're under 50 percent, you're worth bringing up wow. here. That's he sees nine targets. He sees deep targets. He sees red zone targets. That you know, this is the kind of guy who is worth having on a bench. We'll take them all. Oh yeah, we will take them. He, he looked like a wide receiver one. He looked like a wide receiver one, and he was making some spectacular yep. plays on a couple yep. that didn't yep. even count. So uh, I was impressed. I like him and Tyrod's relationship. Tyrod did target Hunter Henry yep. too, which I like, but. You know, oh, we shall. Uh, a couple of, couple more receivers, both of them on the Saints. One of them has tight end eligibility, so that'll segue us nicely into the tight end portion of the waiver wire ads. We'll talk about Manny Sanders and Taysom Hill, who would both see an uptick in targets Manny, if yeah. Michael Thomas does not go Monday. Manny Sanders just if Michael Thomas doesn't play. It, the second receiver for the Saints with Michael Thomas on the field is still a nothing, even though Sanders scored. In 15 yards. Five targets, three catches for 15 yards in that touchdown. And Tom, Taysom Hill, you said you had a bunch to talk about with him. Let's take it away. Yeah, I won't go too crazy, but I mean, on ESPN, he's tight end eligible. He touches the ball five times, uh, including a passing attempt that easily could have gone for a touchdown with Alvin Kamara if Alvin Kamara made one guy miss. Not blaming him, just saying. God, Kamara. Great great tackle one time, Um, Kamara. <laughs> they they blow people out the Saints, right? And when that happens, they bring in like the second team of which would be a first team in any right. other, uh, bring in organization. Hill they bring in Taysom Hill. They start giving Latavius Murray carries. So when you're predicting that they blow someone out, which by the way could be all the time, they just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are seriously not a defensive pushover, not a pushover in any sense of the word. And Taysom Hill comes in and messes around. He touches the ball more than five times, or five times rather, and. That's what you get from a tight end anyway. So he's got upside because they use him near the goal line and they use him as a passer. So anytime he touches the ball, it's basically an equivalent to like a tight end red zone target. So I like him as a cheat code in that regard. Um, Where he's wide receiver eligible, I'm not ready to commit to him wide receiver unless you're desperate. But where he's tight end eligible, which is ESPN only, um, I think you can do a lot worse than playing him. You you can play some other guys like – you know, Tyler Higby, who you might have had bigger expectations for, and he puts out an equal yeah. performance, right? So uh, Taysom Hill, upside tight end play any week. I agree. I think, think you're 100% right. right, and I think it's smart to bring it up because, like you said, it doesn't matter how, especially for a tight end, how they're getting touches. If he's it matters exactly that they get touches. Yeah, and if he's going to be actually touching the ball from the quarterback position, from a wildcat quarterback, whatever you'd like to call it, 
it's you know way more valuable. I I think of it's not the same thing, but I can't help but think of Jalen Samuels two years ago when he had tight end eligibility yep. but was just playing running back. Yep. Exactly, and I should mention that it's also he. I don't know about DraftKings, but I can confirm FanDuel. He is interesting. Nice. Coming soon to the all-time Ruts Week One team starting tight end position. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Looked healthy. Caught all five of his targets. <laughs> Fifty-six yards and a ton. I mean, we're gonna do this. Is this a missing Galladay-ism, though, or is this? That's the beauty of the Week One hero, Tom. There's always a little. It doesn't matter around it. There's always a little. What's that? Is it really him being good, or I don't know what to think? Will he sustain it through the whole year? Why do I even care? Right, you know, so TJ Hawkinson, um, but it's at tight end. And he saw five targets, he crossed all of them, and one of them he crossed that beautiful painted line. So that gives him streamer appeal. Absolutely. And finally, the tight end who got sucker punched over the offseason, sucker punched the Washington football team defense for a long touchdown, Dallas Goddard turns nine targets into eight yeah. catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Now, Ertz also scores in this game. And I don't know if you guys have read anything about what's going on with this Zach Ertz contract situation, but they could trade him in yeah. the middle of this year. And then Goddard becomes a top 10 tight end play every week, I would I imagine. He, I think he's damn near it right now. I mean, there, he doesn't even really play tight end. He plays like slot receiver and even plays out wide. God knows they need him. him. So they use him in a much more inventive way than a normal tight end. And I think that he's an every week play at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with that. He was my guy. He was my Austin Hooper fill-in, if you recall, from last year. Like when Austin Hooper went down, I was like, you know what? I'm picking up a start in Dallas Goddard every week. He's no fill-in anymore. filling in for Dallas Goddard this year. Oh, my God. Like I said, for the way that he's being used, you look at the reality of the Eagles receiving core situation going on right now with uh, Alshon Decker still hurt and Deshaun Jackson had a rough game and Greg Ward, you know, their best wide receiver, the guy who plays wide receiver, their best one right now is Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And if that continues, then he's going to have yeah. a mammoth season. Eagles are managing Deshaun Jackson's snaps right now, which came out after the game. How convenient for yeah. Scott's plum pick play of – Deshaun Jackson last week. He got I mean, seven targets. He had he had his opportunity yeah. against that defense. Sure. Which, and I think that's the takeaway. He if you wanted... What I like about Dallas Goddard and not like Deshaun Jackson and even possibly Jalen Rager, still more to come uh, or more to see, is that Carson Wentz gets annihilated in the backfield. And this has a lot to do with their offensive line being injured and all that. But he has to like make things happen. And that's not like – conducive to throwing just a yeah. night out, go route or Deshaun Jackson. So if he doesn't have any time, it doesn't matter how fast you are, Deshaun. If if like Carson Wentz is being attacked yeah. right away, it's the middle of the field guy who's going to break away from a linebacker or break away from whoever, and it, you're going to hit uh, Dallas Goddard, even though he also had a very long touchdown himself. Um, a play that develops is – more conducive to Carson yeah, yep. style of play. And one more tight end I'd like to throw in there. It wasn't on the dock. I'm throwing in Logan Thomas, who led Washington in targets, scored a touchdown last week. This is an athlete. This is a guy who played quarterback for Virginia Tech all those years ago. Finally found his way to some targets. Now that Jordan Reed is playing for the Niners, which I did not realize. Yeah, he had a catch. Uh, but um, Yeah, either way, we should bring him up because Kittle just was announced has an injury right now. He's questionable for this week. Um, so if he can't go, you, you got to imagine that Jordan Reed is in a dream spot. Yeah. And yes. I don't mean to glaze over uh, Thomas here. He's nice and all that. It's a shame we don't go to Ross Dwelly again this year. Though, I Scott, was literally huh? just but, thinking of him immediately um, once you said Kittle's questionable. What a legend. Connor has – Connor hasn't returned to this game in a while, and it is it's turned into Snell season. So, wow. uh, based on whatever reports come out about him, just be careful. Uh, looks like Snell has now taken over uh, the lead of rushing attempts. Any boys rumbling, uh, huh? You know, I didn't even realize it was back from <laughs> halftime. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Um, it's not back from halftime. That's the halftime that report the brought to you by Tom Hillier. Saquon Barkley up to nine carries for negative three yards, so he's really churning and burning out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he had like a 50-yard catch that 38, yeah. LA and uh, 
while I was talking. That is true. All right, let's run down the slate. We'll keep it quick because we already ran so far with uh, all the waiver wire pickups. Houston, Kansas City, we've pretty much already covered uh, with the uh, with the Sammy Watkins pickup. C E H. It's C-E-H-S-E-N. A Will Fuller, maybe a wider. Yeah, Will Fuller too. If you got him, like a good for you. His target share was astronomical. I'm actually pulling it up right now. He was top five in the league in target share and led by a wide margin in air yards for any of the uh, Houston pass catchers. David Johnson seemed to be ready for the lion's share of work for the Texans as well. Duke Johnson likely to miss uh, their matchup this week. They play the Ravens, which should be a great game, by the way. Uh, Seattle, Atlanta, Russell Wilson cooking. Chris Carson cooking. DK Metcalf looks strong. Tyler Blockett. I mean, if they let Russell Wilson throw this much, that, that Seahawks offense is going to be tough to stop. Load him out. Like an absolute load him out. Yeah. Until we tell you not to. No. We're never going to tell you not to. Well, that game there was you track go. The Falcons defense is absolute trash. And you're going to be able to start everybody against them. Only had the whole offseason, Falcons. Way to go. Please think. Will Fuller, 32.25% of the Texans' targets. Jets Bills, Josh Allen MVP campaign, freaking fired out of the station, Tom. He had, what, 15 carries? 14 <laughs> carries, 57 yards in a tug. Uh, 33 for 46 for 312 in two tugs. He could have stopped playing. He could have stopped playing at the end of the second quarter and been uh, top, I think, five option in fantasy. As, at the yeah, it was almost like he did that game got boring in the second half because um, they were just blowing him out. Diggs makes makes some tough like earned catches in this game. Mm-hmm. I saw him taking some hits. Uh, it's it was you know obviously you'd love to see him get that touchdown in the first game, but an eight for eighty six line in his first game with Josh Allen, I think it's really encouraging. Oh yeah, absolutely. Chicago, Detroit, we talked about the Mitchell Trubisky-led comeback. He throws three touchdowns in the fourth quarter in this one to salvage his fantasy Mitchell day. Um, I'm Tom, we know you believe. Uh, I think greener pastures coming for Matt Stafford. First game back after missing the last eight last year, looked pretty sharp through the one touchdown to Hawkinson. Yeah. Had literally two dropped by DeAndre Swift alone. Yeah, so left some yardage on the field without his best receiver. That's the Lions for you, though. you know, he still got you 18. That's yep. stupid shit happening, absolutely. And we talked about AP probably being uh, the leader in the backfield. David Montgomery, a surprise active for that. For that game as well, yeah, he didn't get the level of touches that you'd like to see, but obviously mm-hmm. they're they're going to be working yeah. through that injury. And you didn't hear anything about him having to come out of the game or really anything like that. So all positive, all positivity for David Montgomery, and I think good things to come going forward. We said one thing is true about this Green Bay Minnesota game: Adam Thielen rips the Packers, and yeah. guess what he did? Tom, was that your payup last week? Or was it? Uh, either pay up or bum pick, but I mean, I started him everywhere. I drafted oh, yeah. him all over. It, he would have been a hill I was willing to die on. Like, he, I, I would have bet the farm on uh, Adam Thielen, yeah. and I'm happy where I did. It, it was Other side of the ball, Devontae Adams, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers looked great. Lazard catches a touchdown. MVS catches a touchdown. Got to keep in mind the backfield distribution of touches. We had an even split, basically, for the Packers in the first half. Aaron Jones gets the bulk of the work in the second half with the Packers trying to salt down the clock. Unbelievable. Just give the guy the freaking ball, man. No, he's such a stud. I understand your concern, Scott, but no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh New England, and this is one uh, – there was one more waiver wire hero, and he's a hero to all of us forever, Cam Newton. Yeah. Two rushing touchdowns, 15 carries for 75 yeah. yards, threw in 155 on the pass game. If they're just um, going to run him into the freaking ground, he's going to be a top 15 quarterback. He has to be. Undisputed. Yeah. Who needs the stat? Of you course. hear the stat? I've said it on this podcast a million times. If he plays all 16 games, the worst he's ever finished is 24. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good, right? That's incredibly good. Yeah. Okay. And they, you know, they didn't even open up the pass game. Obviously, I feel like it's going to be like peeling back the layers of an onion as they peel back this pass game this year yep. because they're going to utilize Cam, especially while he's healthy, to run the ball like this. But in that interim where they are run heavy with him, I really think that he's, you know, if you have him on your team, you have to start him after a two-rushing yeah. touchdown, 75-yard game. I got to say, 
it was really weird not seeing Cam Newton take the ball from a player and give it to a kid in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. It was weird not to see it. Yeah. And I miss it. And I can't wait until, you know, we get this COVID situation figured out and Cam can give the ball to kids. It's, it's one of the best traditions in sports. Miami, we talked about Miles Gaskin. Uh, what time is it in Miami? Oh, they're Eastern, right? So it's almost nine. Still not two o'clock yet, but I think we get to a. We I was looking at their schedule, by the way. In that direction. I was looking at their schedule. There's really not a good stretch of games where they can drop him in and get like a couple back to back good matchups. Like they yeah. play some really tough defenses early this year. They got to throw so the I, at some point. He, yeah, I think there's like one where they play the Cardinals at home and then they get like Seattle. And I was like, maybe that's the one. Can I yeah. interrupt with an interesting th- happening? Uh, I'm playing a guy who has Connor and Saquon. So yep. They're turning. <laughs> that is true. And uh, I'm, I have an outside chance if I, have, if I have a tight end that drops like 20. Do you think – and Noah Fant is on my roster and Jonu is available. Do you think – which is more likely to get me – I 100% agree that it's Jonu. To make the switch. That's really tough, man. Because the matchup is actually pointing toward Fant's direction. It sucks because you know if the I other one's going to get exactly what you need to win. Yeah, I don't want to make it. Well, that's the horrible game we decided to give our money what to are play. We thinking? Yep. Tom, I would go with Noah Fan. Well, here's the thing. I'm actually going to go probably with Janu. I just looked it up in standard. Uh, Fant has only graced 17.5 as his high. Sorry, this yep. is incredible radio. And uh, actually, Johnny hasn't even glanced that. All so right. I'm going fan. I'm, I'm yeah, staying no true. Problem, Tom. Well, I'm Tom, you picked a great time to to bring that up because the next game that we're going to talk about stunk. Washington, Philadelphia, another survivor pool buster. They talked about Ron Rivera getting an IV at halftime so that he had enough energy to coach the game. Dwayne Haskins must have given a great halftime speech because according to yeah. reports, it was him who gave it. Yeah, um, That was cool to hear. Yeah, you know, absolutely. peg him as like that type of rah-rah guy, but it's cool to hear when, when those guys rise to the game. Hey, listen. And I kind of feel I honestly makes me feel differently about him. I'm, I'm like kind of rooting for him more now that that was the report that came out. I liked him a lot out of college, man. They just they got the lead in this game. And what, what's scary for Washington, and if you're a Terry McLaurin owner, they got the lead in this game, and they just said we're not throwing the ball anymore. Like McLaurin you know, does go five for sixty one, so he didn't sink defense. you, right? He's certainly not a loser of the week candidate. If they get out to a lead early, he could sink you. Yeah, good. Because they just they showed no propensity yeah. to actually. And this is what Rivera does, of course. Especially in a situation yeah. like this where you see his defense get almost yeah. 10 sacks. Well, his old defense did not get close to 10 sacks. As Las Vegas, the first ever, you know, the Washington football team is now undefeated as a franchise. The Las Vegas Raiders also undefeated as a franchise as they beat the Panthers Panthers puzzlingly don't give the ball to Christian G.D. McCaffrey on fourth and one to, you know, extend the game. Fullback. Josh Jacobs had a hell of a game. He did. That was the dumbest. Yes. Yes. Live your truth, Tom. Um, One guy that, that I'll bring up that was interesting, I think he's more of a deep guy, and unfortunately I think he was drafted a lot, but they used Henry Ruggs in a pretty interesting way. Uh, he had to leave the game for a little bit too yep. with an injury, but he came back. Uh, still let him in receiving yards. He still leads in receiving yards, and he still has 66 total yards in the game that he left on only five. So he had 66 total yards on five touches of the ball. So there you go. he's showing that ability to to hopefully hit big plays and get loose out there. Uh, just a guy I think to definitely keep an eye on, and a guy that I I wouldn't cut if I had him on my team. Definitely not. I mean, it's too early. The verdict's actually glad you brought him. Yeah, I'm glad he brought him up because when he was missing, Aguilar scores on a deep one, which you actually have got to believe that that is a play where it would be Ruggs if Ruggs is in the game. So it looks like they're keen to let their car cork it out a little bit more this year, and I think big games could be in the the cards. But we do know Don, as Don likes to latch to this theory as well, Panthers love to give up deep shots for some reason. They just can't get enough of it. So uh, that hit in a big way. Panthers uh, get to the next week, by the way. Oh, yeah. To do that. Yeah. 
It'll be rough. Uh, that Aguilar catch, by the way, to the to the credit of you know Ruggs's injury allowing him to be productive. That was his only catch. Yeah. Of the game, so that's how highly regarding they're holding Henry Ruggs right yeah, now. Yeah, Ruggs has a twenty three yard touchdown added to his stat line, and you're like, all of a sudden you're like waiver wire. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Jacksonville and Indy. Uh, you know, 363 passing yards from Phillip Rivers kind of negates the two interceptions he throws. He throws the touchdown to – wait, what the hell am I talking about? This is the Gardner Minshew show. Damn right. 19 for 20, 173 yards, three touchdowns. He adds five carries for 19 yards. And the legend grows. That's right. Just yeah. like his hair. And the mustache. And the mustache. Let's go, Gardner. You can pick him up. You can start him wherever you want. That was awesome for the Jags to get that win at home. And that's pretty much all I got to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, LaVisca Chenault Jr. had, I think, six touches, eight touch, five you touches. You have to be over the moon happy if you drafted Jonathan Taylor right now. But oh, to be yeah. sitting there this morning, like, what is about to go down? Did I make the league winning pick? And I wouldn't blame you for thinking that. 89 total Obviously yards. It's a long way to go, but the potential is there for him to be an absolute hammer. The rest of the way. No doubt. Absolute no doubt. And I mean, that's, you know. I like that you brought up Chenault. Yeah. Chenault is good and all. And Dalt. <laughs> but um, the Jags, just like culture of the wide receiver room, is just like such this revolving door. You see everyone get involved. And it's cool that he got a rushing attempt and like all that stuff. So I'm, I'm interested right. in him. I think that they'll probably work him in. But I, I wouldn't waste a claim on him because it might be that he goes yeah. like, for nothing. Keaton Cole led them in receptions, uh, as one does. And we've we've said that he's in a, he, he's been in a priority guy yeah. ad before, but then it turns out that you know that revolving door hits us again. And yeah, I started Cole somewhere last week, year. So. I'm sure of it. I'm sure it worked out. Probably. Cleveland, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> Thanks for the drop, Scotty. Um, yeah. Lamar Jackson looked and really good. And so did Mark Andrews. Down. Yeah. 71% of snaps and he barely played in the fourth quarter. Yeah. If he's going to if he's gonna play with that level of snap share and get these targets in this offense, he's going to be a league winning type. So is Marquise Hollywood Brown. Five catches for 100 yards. I mean, they didn't really need him after the second quarter of this game because it was such a blowout. Yeah. He is going to have some monsters when this when this Ravens team starts playing offenses that can keep up with it. Tom, if you're a Nick Chubb owner, are you terrified or mortified? Um, I'll tell you what. I'm feeling good as a Kareem Hunt owner. He out uh, carries – uh, Nick Chubb, which is why those guys are feeling scared. He also gets a uh, fair yeah, share four of catches in the exceptions game. in this one. Uh, Kareem Hunt looking on the on paper like the uh, the, the yeah. Ball. I think it's you know obviously this is a game where you kind of would expect this to happen for Kareem Hunt because of the game script, but. That being said, yeah, which is actually why I started. <laughs> that being said, this is you know absolutely. Terrifying. The, the reason you drafted Chubb is because you drafted him to be out on the field, uh, you know, a lot and in the, you know, scoring opportunities a lot because you knew he wasn't going to get catches and he wasn't out there for that, for more carries than Hunt. He most certainly was not. You and if that, that defense is, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm a diehard Browns fan now. Yeah. Cincinnati and Los Angeles Chargers. Austin Eckler did carry the ball 19 times for 84 yards, so he did not kill you. No, exactly. The problem is the targets. Yeah. Because he only had one. They're going to figure it out. They have to because that offense did not look very good. They're terrible without Somehow they get the win. But uh, Hunter Henry, five catches, 73 yards. Mike Williams, four for 69. Keenan Allen, as we mentioned before, four for 37. Lot to be – yes, very nice. Lots to work out there. Speaking of which, let's talk about the Bengals. CJ Uzoma. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Are they going to make me do this for another year? <laughs> Am I making you Zoma jokes again? Four for 45, though. That's four for 45. Boyd, four for 40 for 33. AJ Green, five for 51. Should have been like six for uh, uh, 70 and a touchdown. So whatever. Eight rush attempts, 46 yards, and a 23-yard rushing touchdown, which he looked quick. Um, yeah, a couple QB draws out of the Bengals, yeah, which was cool. It looks like they're going to use him to actually run the ball and – 
if they are, you know, look out, man. Yep. This is the kind of guy that, that we get excited for. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think he did look a little shaky, though. His pick was awful. Yeah, that's true. The pick he threw was a horrible decision, but um, now it was an amazing play. No one's given the defender credit on that. I think it was Melvin Ingram. Um, Yeah, well, that's because we're used to stuff like that from Melvin Ingram. That's all. That's true. I mean, it's just a cool play. When that happens, you don't expect that like that. You know, that's a hard play to make. That's one of those famous bobbles, and then you think about it later. <laughs> if you're Melvin Ingram, like, oh, yeah. what if I caught that? I think I could have scored. <laughs> I could have been the hero. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Oh, great. Game of the week. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Tom Brady, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown. Did not look super great. Mike Evans played through a mysterious hamstring injury that of course happens right after we record the podcast for the first time ever bruce arians didn't lie and he fed ronald jones 17 carries and he also caught two passes uh uh fournette was on the field for nine snaps i believe it was uh, yeah he had five carries for five yards and a 14 yard catch uh the only thing that's scary for your ronald jones owners out there is he didn't really do anything to separate himself so you know Uh-oh. is is fournette like to me, it's just more reason to give him more work next week. But we'll see how that plays out. And unfortunately, I don't think I'd be ready to start him at all next week either. But we'll get there in the preview. And get there. I thought Rojo looked a little refreshed comparatively to like Rojo past, but I agree that he's not like an auto start. I can see Lashawn McCoy starting to steal targets for everybody if if we continue to get the level of production that we saw out of those two younger guys. Uh, at least we know he won't be a detriment in the past game, but we'll see a uh, lot to figure out with that Bucks offense. As we saw in that Saints game uh, last week, let's take a look now at Arizona. Maybe another, like this probably wasn't a survivor pick, but this is definitely one of the bigger upsets of the day. A survivor pick. I think a lot of people thought the 49ers were going to roll in here. I kind and of they did, did not. Yeah. It's a huge division. Yeah, this is a win. great win for the Cardinals. And I think, you know, the, uh, the candidate from week one for touchdown of the year is definitely the scramble that Kyler had oh. to sneak in and, and evade, evade the rush. And the gear that he hit in that, on that run to get to the outside was amazing. What an awesome touchdown. Uh, Chase Edmonds gets a receiving touchdown in this one to the chagrin of Kenyon Drake owners who then redeems himself by getting a one-yard plunge, uh, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown for the Cardinals in this game. DeAndre Hopkins, 14 catches for 151 yards, had a t- had was within inches of his first touchdown as a Cardinal. Um, Raheem Mostert, as Tom talked I about. No, needed the Drake touch. Yeah, yeah we certainly – and I didn't need the, uh, the Hopkins <laughs> touch. Uh, for Garoppolo, two touchdowns, no interceptions – he he never looks comfortable in the pocket. It no, seems like he had some ugly plays there. Yeah, uh, Kittle also added a nine-yard rush to his four catches for forty-four yards, but he's going to be one to monitor. Um, yeah, he'll be a big one. Yeah, Thursday episode. And finally, Dallas and the Rams. Ezekiel Elliott looking uh, like Ezekiel Elliott. I think if uh, awesome. if I do say so myself. Yeah, I got to say this was this is the first year ever, believe it or not, in any of my leagues that I have Zeke. I have him in two leagues. Week one was a blast. Yes, it was a lot of fun. I've, I've been a very rare Zeke shareholder myself. Great to see. Tony Pollard not on the field very much at all. I think he was returning punts for them as well. Uh, for Amari Cooper, it was an interesting one for me. Just seeing him get 10 catches for 81 yards, even with you know getting that, Tom, can we say it? Banner coverage from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they moved him around a lot. They moved Gallup and uh, C.D. Lamb around a lot as well. That's going to be the benefit for these guys, yeah. being able to play with each other, is the fact that hopefully they can duck banner coverage. A lot of them can do a lot of the same stuff. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so we like that. We like that a lot of, out of our Cowboys receivers. Giants-Steelers going on right now. A pretty ugly game. Big Darius Ben's Slayton got two touchdowns. Four catches 80 yards and a touchdown uh, as we approach the fourth quarter. Uh, there's four minutes left in the third as we're talking right now, but uh, it's picking up right where he left off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by that. People were high on him and I wasn't one of those people, and uh, I'm surprised to see him balling out. So early the, uh, the puff piece season as uh, Daniel Jones throws an interception in live time, 
the Puff PC is in favored Sterling Shepard, so I'm interested to see if Slayton can kind of keep it going. Because like you said, Scott, he was electric down the stretch last year. Yeah, it's really great. liked watching him play, and he scored on a long touchdown again this week. So uh, we'll see how it goes. That was a great drive before Daniel Jones threw that pick, and I, he was moving around on his legs a lot, which I liked. Uh, I think he got hit as he threw that, so I, I don't hold that against him. I yeah, how do you like him if he's out there on the waiver uh, today? Would you consider adding? It doesn't look like his stat line's too great right now. Um, I, off the top of my head, don't know who he's I just watched it again. He's... He got hit though. He he's squarely in um in oh, always. Yeah. Anybody anybody with a good matchup is in streamer contention. I don't think Jones on ours playing against this Steelers defense who's now picked him off twice. Uh, but you know, a lot to be said. We got Titans, uh, Broncos is the late game, hasn't even started yet. I'm sure Derrick Henry will haunt my nightmares. John need miracles from the Titans defense. Yeah. We've I, gone to them. I need a twenty spot from Fant, so we are diametrically opposed. <laughs> Not necessarily. Fan can get you 20 and be the only touchdown of the entire game for Tennessee. For no Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll have we'll have Fant return a kickoff. It'll be like a weird one to like the 35 where he's lined up. Yeah, that's And he houses it. And then it doesn't even count against the Titans D. I think it would, but that's not here nor there. Anyway. He does that three times, by the way. Absolutely. All righty, that'll wrap it up. Uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. Check out our Instagram for Man Catch Monday, which obviously we spoiled and it went to Devontae Adams, although if you were already following us, you saw it on Monday. Okay. Thursday, we'll talk to you about the 30 burgers that we experienced, and we got a few, which was awesome to see. And uh, so we'll be doing that, and we'll be getting you guys into week two. We got some injuries to talk about. Is Cortland Sutton going to come back? Is Mike Evans or is Michael Thomas going to play? Is Mike Evans going to play? Lots to talk about. We will see you guys on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at RutzFF. And until next time, you guys go ahead and keep scoring.